So everybody, welcome to another edition of Connecting Faith in Life. I'm Mr. Brown. Today I have a guest on the show. His name is Josh. You say your last name? Galgan. Galgan. You know, I've heard Galligan so much with the the plumber. Is it a plumber? I don't know what it is. I don't know what it, it is either. It's some kind of store locally, and I hear the name all the time. But thank you so much for being on the show. Today we're talking about uh, passing on the faith to the next generation. That's like the overarching title. And the reason I asked him on the show is because he's a great orator. Um, he's written several books. No, I'm kidding. I was like, no, I've not written several books. <laughs> you wow. know, that's one thing about podcasts. I mean, a lot of times you hear people who done all these great things. And you have. I want people who just people like you know well, thank I, you. I, i'm glad to be a people yeah I just people. Be people all right I, not, not that i don't want those people either but i think you have some great things to share and the reason i want you on the podcast is because i saw a video you made mm. and i thought this video is very practical talking to parents grandparents mm-hmm. um about passing on the faith of the next generation and i wanted to get you on to talk a little bit more about that but also how can we give them some practical advice some connecting faith in life stuff when it comes to passing on the faith. So I didn't ask you ahead of time if you had a bunch of ideas, yeah, but totally. you must because you made this amazing video. And I'm going to roll that video right now. Check it out. Hey, all you grandparents, parents out there. Do you remember playing the telephone game when you were growing up? You know that game where you whispered, one person started a detail or a fact or a story, whispered into one person's ear, and then they whispered to the next and the next and the next. And the point was to see how it came out on the other end. Now, you always had goofballs like myself who were like, you know, trying to purposely change it so it didn't sound anything like the way it started off. And it was funny and we all kind of laughed. But the fact of the matter is that I think we have to be cognizant of this same telephone game happening in the lives of our kids and grandkids where there has been some truth of God's word, some truth from scripture that our children or grandchildren have learned. And then maybe over time, somebody modified, adapted, either intentionally or not. I've heard many people say, hey, God won't give you more than you can handle. And I go, okay, where, where does that come from, right? Well, it seems like maybe in the telephone game, originally somebody took 1 Corinthians 10, 13 that says God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle and he will always provide a way of escape so that you can endure it. So it seems that somebody took that truth, took off the whole temptation piece and wanted to kind of communicate this new truth that is not exactly accurate to say, hey, God won't give you more than you can handle. And so what happens to our kids and our grandkids is they might believe a half truth because it's been misinterpreted. We want to continue to speak truth into their lives and bring them back to the word of God to encourage them. So for example, if they were feeling overwhelmed in life, we would say, you know what? According to Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said that he cried out to God to take away something that he couldn't handle. But God said, basically, no, for my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So friends, the encouragement today is let's be cognizant. Let's be aware as parents and grandparents as to whether or not our kids or our grandkids are maybe playing the telephone game when it comes to the truth of God's word. Now, that was a promotional video for what? Well, it was really just a way to try to equip parents and grandparents. So it wasn't, we weren't necessarily trying to draw them into anything, but to say, hey, we want to continue to provide you with practical help, practical insight. And I feel pretty passionate about just the reality that oftentimes parents are going, what do we do? How how do I help my kids grow spiritually? What can I be doing? And maybe even having to address some of the things that I think might be challenges or issues that causing their kids to struggle, like believing something that isn't true but it's been passed along maybe from person to person to person as if it came from scripture. And it's like, man, 
hey, you may be believing something significant that could even hinder you in the future because you just received it being passed along from person to person. And I think even also things that are not passed on either, like Very just true. left just left hanging. And let me go back a little bit. Your role at Pathway Church is what? Yeah, I'm pastor of marriage and family. So okay. really to try to come alongside, prepare couples for marriage, help the marriages, and then strengthen the family. And how long have you been in ministry overall? 23 years. 23 years. You don't look yeah. like you're 23. Look at maybe uh, 25, 26. That's, yeah, I'm, I'm, let's go with 26. <laughs> you do have 26. some gray coming in there. I got yeah. plenty of gray, man. That's, what, that's why the camera's focusing on me right now. Because you got the gray. gray. Uh, and my friends, they accuse me of picking out my gray or coloring it. I'm not above that, but I don't. <laughs> I do pick it out every once in a while because it doesn't come in full like that. Oh, it just, my, my it just comes is, one of the time. It's coming to plenty, man. It is here. It is here to stay. I don't mind it. <laughs> I don't mind it. So let me let me go back. So parent and family or family, yeah. say your title again. Marriage and family. Marriage and family. And so your role is to help equip. And so this video you made, you mm -hmm. talked about the telephone game yeah. and how things. And you did mention that you told on yourself a little bit in that how you would mess up the game on purpose. Oh, yeah. hundred percent, man. <laughs> As a kid. I mean, didn't you? No, no. I wanted to, I wanted to see it work. Did like, you really? Yeah, I wanted, oh. I wanted to see it work. Are we, can we? It was a challenge for me. I want I want us to get it right down because they, they, the point is they want to show you how it won't work. So I want to make sure it did work. Oh, so, uh, not yeah. me at all. I, I wanted to think of the funniest thing I could possibly say and hope that it would transfer. No, I'm like, I'm like okay, what? Say it again to tell me. And they would. They wouldn't make that. Okay, you said. Now you sure he said. Go ask him again. <laughs> I'm glad we got two different perspectives here. Then I was purposely messing it up. However, I think as parents, we don't purposely mess it up. Yeah, I think that's the point, right? Mm. I think we sometimes receive something, someone passed it on to us. I think the example I gave again was in regard to, hey, God won't give you more than you can handle. And yeah. I hear that culturally, yes. right, all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's just shocking to me because I go, man, if I grow up as a child and I believe that to be true and I'm dealing with heartache and my parents are divorced and there's struggle going on in life. Where's God? Exactly. God and like, failed Hey, me. wait a minute. I was told he won't give me more than I can handle. So and I know that comes from 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I know they have good, good intentions, but that verse talks about the fact that he won't give you more, more than you can bear. He will always give you ways to escape. And it was talking about temptation. And it's temptation. It's talking about temptation and not 100%. the idea of your life. Because here's, here's the deal. What can I handle? that I don't need God for. Like right. God will never give you more. I can't handle anything. Like right. <laughs> I was just, I was just reading again, um, John, John 15 verses four and five without me, you can do nothing. You know, That's our right. job is to abide. And I love that image of the marinade. Like, you know, you put some chicken or some beef and some marinade, you yeah. let it sit and let this, let it soak in there together. Oh, right. For sure, man. And the idea is that I need to marinate <laughs> in God. I need him. I need to abide in him because without him, I can do nothing. So that's one thing that's been passed on. You can think other things have been passed on yeah. the generation that, that's just not true. Well, I think of the reality with my kids and I go like, I want them to understand what Paul said in second Corinthians 12, eight through 10. He said, Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take something away from me, affliction in me. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, mm. for my power is made perfect in weakness, right? Therefore, I'll boast about my weaknesses, Paul says. Right, right. That's the thorn in the flesh, right? Christ. Yep. So the power flesh. of Christ may rest in me. So I'm hoping kids could understand that truth mm -hmm. so that they go, hey, no, things are going to be tough. And there may be things that God allows. There may be other circumstances that happen in life. But God is faithful. He is strong when we are weak. Right. And, and I love that thorn in the flesh. And I, I remember people saying, you know, it's great that we didn't find out what it was. That's true. Like Paul was given this thorn in the flesh, this yep. problem that he went to the Lord, say, hey, take this from me. And he went three times and God said, no, my grace is, if it, this is going to stay in your life, whatever it is. it is. It could have been a physical thing, could have been a sight. Some people thought, 100%. I even think sometimes it could have been temptation or like lust or something. You, know, know. you don't know what it is. And I'm yeah. glad we don't because now I can apply that to anything in my life that I got this thing that I'm struggling with. Uh, and I think that's why, you know, I have a hard time with people 
with the prosperity ministry or the faith healing. Well, I believe God can heal and God does heal people and do it, do it in miraculous ways, Mm -hmm. but it's not on command and you're not wrong. And you're not less than if you don't get healed of your cancer. Mm-hmm. If you don't get healed of this this ailment because you didn't simply do something right. And we need to look at what God. And I think I think another thing that's kind of connected to this that I hear all the time, especially older couples, when their kids go astray, they just think like they did something wrong or God did something wrong. Like God has promised their children are going to grow up and be faithful or, or grow up and be strong Christian people. And God has not promised that. No. No, I mean, it's it's something to definitely keep in mind. And I think it's still the question of whose responsibility is it to help point their kids in the direction of the Lord, right? I praise God for ministries like yours. I praise God for churches that are saying, hey, how do we come alongside of kids and students? Mm-hmm. But I also feel like in some ways we've kind of said to parents, whether we've meant to do it or not, we've said to parents, hey, give us your kids. We'll take we're it. We're <laughs> going to help them grow mm-hmm. spiritually. And so what we're, what we're doing in our church is we're going, we want to receive your kids and we do want to help them, but we want to put a renewed emphasis upon mom and dad. How do we help equip you? Right. Because you have the time with them. You have the influence with them. You have those conversations around the dinner table. You have the conversations before bed. We're partnering with you to raise your children. Exactly. And I look at that. I look at the church world as I do schools. It is my responsibility to educate my child, me and my wife, our job, but we we partner with the local school or the Christian school or wherever it is to do that, but I'm still responsible for 100%. it. It is not their job. And so I need to make sure we're highly engaged in what's going on, what they're being taught and how they're being taught mm-hmm. and what's going on. So we, we go, our, dog, our kids go to a small school and we're very involved. Yeah. Um, and I think the same thing should be in church. We should be equipping the parents to lead, equipping the parents. And it's not a criticism of the church. No. It, it is, it's just look at the reality. If we look at what we have produced over the years, we have more and more disconnected families because I think church is so compartmentalized. Like um, I remember going to church, I was speaking over the weekend and uh, I went to Sunday service and we pulled up, the family, we pulled up in the car, got out of the car. The mom went this way. The the junior high kid went this way. The high school kid went that way. The the elementary kid went that way. At the end of service, everybody came back together and then we left. And it's like, we don't even go to church together anymore, technically. We go to the same, same campus, yeah. and I think, and I'm not saying those things are bad. I, yeah. think, I think there's some, some room for that, mm-hmm. but is there also room for us to go together, mm-hmm. to learn together in a place? And then also, how do we as leaders say, hey, parents, this is what we taught your kids today. This is what we, you know, I think there needs to be more connections. What you're, I, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Well, I mean, and I agree with you, and, and I think that's what we're looking at. So even there'll be opportunities for us where we're like, hey, let's get everyone together. Uh, the entire family together, but at the same time, if not, how are we coming alongside of mom and dad and saying, hey, let's have a conversation mm-hmm. about where your kids went biblically today? You know what I mean? Yes. What they learned, what what they were challenged by. What I've come to learn is like parents have the best of intentions. They really do. And I, I know even for my wife and I, we had the best of intentions, but I think what sometimes slows us down is a lack of confidence. It's it, It's like, man, I feel nervous about what if I screw this up? What if I screw this up? (laughs) And that's not who God is in us. That's not his perspective. But I think a lot of parents feel nervous and they still rather go, hey, Mr. Brown, you talk to my kid. Yeah, you're better at it. I'm afraid. I'm afraid I might screw this up. Right. And I think 
I, I love this passage. I was just I just made a video about it. Deuteronomy six. You might you have memorized oh, yeah. it. You memorize four through six. Here's a here's a test. Go ahead. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. I'm, I'm gonna look it up. Let me give you a little pastoral test here to see if you memorized Deuteronomy chapter six because yeah. I have it. And I was doing a video. I'm like, let me just stop the video and find it. <laughs> yeah, hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. These things are to you are to impress them upon your children. Teach them as you sit down. Walk. Put them on the doorposts of your house. That's not. I'm jacking it up. <laughs> well, you I might think be doing I'm in the area. Yeah, yeah, you are. You, you might be doing what I'm doing. I take the NIV, the King James, that's, all of it, and mix the them hard all. Hard part for me right now. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I mix them all together. Next yeah. time, what did I just quote? <laughs> I look at it, and uh, it's funny because um, a video editor, uh, Paige, she'll 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 hear it and, t- and she'll try to figure out which one I was She's quoting like, and put on the screen. Sorry, sorry Paige, I just yeah. jacked it up. <laughs> Let me read this. Deuteronomy chapter six. I'm reading out the NIV. It says yes. this: Love Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments I will give to you, I give you today to be on your heart. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of traditional things that we probably wouldn't do Mm -hmm. the way they did it then, but I think the principle is. Talk about it as you sit, as you walk, as you, as you do everything you do, include yeah. the truth of God's word. And so I think, and I'll give you, I'll start with one. One yeah. of the practical ways I like to do that is in our car when we're driving. Mm-hmm. We listen to Christian music. Yeah. We listen to Christian hip hop. We listen to Christian um, praise and worship music. On the way today, we're, the kids, I took them to school today. And I, my wife usually takes them to school, but I took them today and I took them on Tuesday. And uh, they said last night, Daddy, can we listen to that song in the car again? Yeah. And it was... Um, Death has death is arrested That's and my life began, you know, uh-huh. and and so we're in the car and it's been on repeat. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we listen to it three times. Like, OK, no more. You guys can sick of it. No, no. One more time. <laughs> and I, and it's a joy of mine to hear them singing those lyrics, wow. you know, that that free, free forever. We're free. Mm-hmm. Come join the song of, of all the redeemed. I mean, that 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 they are getting this truth in their minds, in their hearts and on an ongoing basis, not listening to. Taylor Swift or Beyonce, whoever else, you know, and I'm not, I think, and not, not a legalistic thing, yeah. but what would I rather have my kids' minds being renewed to as they go to school today? Oh, hundred percent. So yeah. for me, I think music is a huge part of, as we live in our home, not that they don't know the song by 10,000 ways or something like that about, you know, <laughs> love song. That's about all we do. We ain't doing the dropping like it's hot stuff. Right. Um, it's funny because I, I do family nights at some public schools yeah. and my kids have come to some and we play old school music and stuff. And, and they, and they heard the whip and they, nay. Oh, and they thought I came up with the song. <laughs> Man, they're giving you props. Uh, giving me props. But I think wow. for me, I think in our home, what we, what we do in our home and as an example, not as a rule, but as an example, godly music. And we talk about these lyrics with yeah. them. And cause one day we were singing a song and we, a song came on and, my son knew all the lyrics. You know what that means? No. Well, we should probably figure out what it means before that's we well keep singing said. it. So well I think that's for me. That's one way for me. So can you get yeah. a practical way for you to think that how can we do it as we sit, as we walk, as we live with our kids? Yeah. Well, I love that. And I think of weaving, right? I think of you weaving all of these conversations throughout the day and through the experiences in the car because of listening to music. And I think that's tremendously vital. I, I also, for my kids growing up, it was a situation of bedtime. Bedtime is a significant time. I felt as if it was this window into the life of what was really going on in my heart, in the hearts of my kids. So for me, it was always a a purpose of I'm going to go, I'm going to go put them to bed. I'm going to tuck them in. I'm as dad going to have prayer with them. I'm going to ask what's been going on, what's been happening in life. 
I even think practically speaking, one of the things I had to do with my kids that I try to encourage others is I really wanted them to take to heart Ephesians 4.26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're angry. So that was one verse that you repeated on consistently because verse 27 says, do not give the devil an opportunity in your life. Hmm. And so I would look at my kids and I knew, Hey, my two sons have been fighting throughout the day. (laughs) I knew one was ticked off. He was going to hold on to it. So we helped them to memorize that. We wanted them to memorize that verse. So every night, if they had been frustrated, and maybe rightly so, right? Being, there's mm-hmm. reasons to be angry. Right. But hey, don't hold on to it. Why? We don't want to give the enemy a foothold in our life. Mm-hmm. Meaning, we don't want to give him the opportunity to mess with us. You know, and that's the way so I would describe it to my that kids. To them. I would. Yes. I would describe that like, hey, it's kind of like him holding on to the back of your heel. You're trying to move and trying to walk, you know? And they knew that as a kid when I would kind of, they would sit on my legs and I'd be like trying to drag them around. They understood there's a weight, there's a heaviness to that. So practically speaking, bedtime was prime. And it was like, hey, let's have this real conversation. And then let's pray about it now. This is what we can do. What do you need to pray? What do I need to pray? So practically speaking, I look at bedtime as being pretty prime. All right. And I love, I love, I like both. We do bedtime with our kids. We do it separately sometimes. Rarely do me and wife do it together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes me and the kids will do it together. I've been yeah. trying to read them the Bible every night. And even yeah. though I'm traveling, they'll call me. Have we always done it? No. And it's great when they remind me, Daddy, we're going to read the Bible today. And sometimes I think they do because they want to stay a little later. But whatever <laughs> case, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say, no, go to bed, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> read the Bible to them. Um, but we have one too for our family that I've been really trying to impress on our kids is consider others. That's why mm. I have the shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, Ephesians, not Ephesians, Philippians 2 4. Yeah. You know, not to look on your own needs, but also on the needs of others. That's right. Um, and that is one that has stuck with us. Consider others. And I'm actually trying to start a movement around, around schools with this, this simple wonderful. consider others. And so uh, me and my daughter came in here. We said these, these chairs right here, we did a podcast. I was actually mm-hmm. testing out equipment, testing out these mics. Yeah. We had a conversation and it was about consider others. And it turned out to be a great episode That's fantastic. <laughs> where I asked that her, I said, fantastic. I said to her, I said, so. Sophia, how do you feel about when I say consider us all? She's like, ah. Oh. And I was like, she said, well, you don't have to say it, daddy. We can, we, we, we don't need you to say it. I said, well, why not? I said, when you guys are arguing, consider us, we can figure it out. She said, what we need you to do is just make a decision for us. Mm. I said, so you mean telling me if you want, if you guys are fighting over the last hamburger, you want me to decide he gets it? She's like, well, well, sometimes you have to be me get it. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, but the idea of consider others is a trigger for you to think about, hey, what can you do? How can you consider others? And then she said, well, the problem is then we both want to, give it to each other. And so I think that's better than just thinking about yourself. And so it was a great conversation, but I think for me, consider others has been this, this key point that, Hey, yeah, you're arguing, you're fighting, you got your point of view, you Mm -hmm. could be right, you could be wrong, but are you, what are you doing to consider others to be like Jesus? How are you considering others? That don't mean you have to be walked on or walked over, but are you considering someone else Mm -hmm. first? And I think that has helped our family when it comes to just the practical things. Why are we doing this Mm -hmm. is so important as well. So I think, you know, music for me, um, like you said, at nighttime, praying with our kids, reading the Bible. And I would say this too, to parents, I mean, mean you were both pastors or Mm -hmm. we've got training in some some sense, but I think for the person, and I didn't get a full degree or anything like that. I think don't worry about what you don't know. Mm. Focus on what you do know. That's a real well said. You know, we, we, can, we can put all these ang- become anxious and worried about all the stuff. I don't know. This. What do you know? Yeah. Your kids know you don't know everything. <laughs> so you're don't pretending you don't. So, hey, say, kids, hey, we're going to read the Bible. I don't know much about this, but let's read this together and see what we come up with together. And just read that. something simple with your kids to lead them in truth. I think that's another practical thing that you got to submit that. Listen, I don't know everything. But we're going to do this together. We, we love Jesus. We believe the Bible's true. Yeah. So we're going to start reading it together. And hey, you may know more than me. But uh, well, I mean, together. it's humility, right? That's, yeah. that's the thing. It's like it really is rooted in humility. And I think that's tremendous advice. Counsel, I hope people receive that and say, hey, 
I can do this. And even if they do know more than me, I could be encouraged by that, Mm -hmm. you know, but, but yeah, locking in on something that you do know rather than not worrying about what you don't know. 